You're listening to the World Football Program with all the latest updates from both local and international football. Morning WA, my name's Sean Kelly, this is the World Football Programme and I'll be with you for the next two hours. Thanks to Frank and Jerry for another wonderful Celtic ramblings and they finished off there with another football related song, almost as if they knew I was coming in. It's got me inspired. Talking about inspired, I'm in the studio with Peter Skeeler who joins us this morning. Morning. And uh, as George Best is number one, second best is Hugh. (laughs) (laughs) Morning, gentlemen. Morning, listeners. (laughs) G'day, Hugh. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you. Um, Big show today. We've got uh, four very good, exciting guests on. We're going to start off with um, Foxtel Sports' Andy Harper, and we'll get his views on the A-League and a few other things that are happening in the football sphere. Um, second up would be Andy Barrett. If you've got no mates and you don't like referees, has he got a product? No, I'm going to go at you. I'm just saying, it's nicer without you. But <laughs> And uh, then we've got Greg Farrell, uh, sponsor of the show, West Coast Futsal, and we'll talk to him about all the exciting things that's going out there in Futsal Land. This is my last show before Christmas. And then we're going to finish off with a very special guest in Alex Epicus. It will be his first um, media appearance appearance or uh, interview since uh, being appointed as W League coach, coach yesterday morning for Perth Glory. Yes. So looking forward to that. Um, just a bit of his look at his bio yesterday and very well credentialed. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. Um, FIFA keep on kicking goals and I think uh, during the week they've announced that they're are going to introduce maternity rights for female players, hmm. which would be good. Um, amazing that they got to this point, you know, 2020, we don't have. Yeah, true. Yeah. I feel like there's a really funny joke to be made there and I just can't think what it would be, but I'll think of it like half an hour <laughs> after the program, it'll hit me. Oh, I should have said that. that no, would... please don't, because <laughs> I only sound <laughs> sexist. 
So uh, do we know how that's working? Uh, so what, are the clubs being uh, um, asked to, to come up with that? or No, the clubs have been told you've got to pay 14 weeks maternity leave right. um, at, a base, at the base level. Yep. Um, up until now, uh, very progressive clubs have been able to go, oh, you're pregnant, bye. And get rid of them, oh. and that's not that's not on. So yeah. um, it's not on anywhere else in the world in any other level of employment. Um, you know, woman's going to have a baby. That's natural, normal, and there's nothing more natural than having a baby. Yep. And um, a number of people have come back to play the sport after being pregnant. It yep. doesn't doesn't leave you or render you disabled after you've done it. Yep. Um, no, no, it's great. I don't think that's really progressive from FIFA um, and they've set limits for clubs to abide by, etc., etc. And um, they, they've also encouraged clubs to be more generous with it. So I yeah, think that's, so a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Sensational. Absolutely. And what, um, uh, what century are we in now? <laughs> it's only taken a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's taken far too long. Gee, far, man. far too long. But I think this is all, again, part of that professionalisation of football um, particularly for women across the world, and I think it's it's yeah not a moment too soon. Yeah, yep. yep. Um, Rangers have suspended two players for seven games. Oh. oh, okay. Go on. No, they went. I thought it might have been a, uh, a set up for a punchline. There. Well, <laughs> no, no. See, the thing is, it's very alien. Well, what they could play soccer? What, what's going on? <laughs> Look, seven games has just been a Rangers player is not enough. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I thought they got off light, <laughs> but. Um, They've been to a party, you know, yep. broken oh, all the COVID rules and everything else, which is which is fine. Yep. Um, and I think the club's very responsibly said, look, I'm sorry, but in this day and age, that's not something that gels with what we are and what we do. Um, you know, and who, who thought, who, who would have thunk it? Rangers and standards, but yeah, <laughs> this is where they are. Yeah. Um, but the, the other interesting thing is that these two young men have gone to a party and they've done what young men do and they've, they've got hammered for it. Um, a while ago, at the party as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Celtic player, um, without without talking to his management, went on a flight to Spain to see his family and came back and he had got three games. But you know, <laughs> so how does that work? So the seven games is that uh, a two week uh, period or is that is that going to be longer than that? Oh, seven games, so whatever that is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Considerably so they, seven weeks. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I was thinking because you know you would thought that the Celtic player with the three games that works to basically about the two-week quarantine period. Yeah. Mm. Seven yeah. games? I, mean, I don't yeah. think Rangers play that many in... Uh... They're adding a bit of punishment in as well yeah. as yeah. as well as well the two-week. So they're getting off lightly. Yeah, but, but I think also games. with that, there, <laughs> there was also an element of that they missed a game and, you know, because they'd been out. Yeah. And, yeah. And you, you try that with your boss. Yeah. Oh, no, every weekend, boss. I couldn't be bothered <laughs> Monday, you know. <laughs> oh, that's all right, Pete. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, look, it's COVID's having an effect on everything and everyone everywhere. And I think, you know, we looked at what happened in South Australia and, you know, the lie. Yes. Um, but that has, again, the ripple effects from this will, will be massive because anyone pl- plotting or planning a sporting event has got to factor in COVID now. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then we've got all the fans at home who now, as we were talking beforehand, about um, do I buy a membership or not? So yeah. if, I'm, if I'm financially tight, and I wouldn't say that, you know, broke, but if I've, I've got a tight finance and I, my job's not secure because of COVID, yep. um, am I going to spend the $500 it takes to get a membership or not? Yep. Then if, that's, if you're not guaranteed games. Absolutely. If the fixtures ever come out. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, if you don't, the the stadium's going to be a COVID stadium, which will be half capacity. Yep. Yeah. No, we we'll spoke about that. Yep. Which for glory should be okay. Yep. Don't know about the shed. But. No, he was saying no, he was talking about the shed. You, yeah. You, um, it was a definite uh, ticketed area now. So yeah. yeah well, yeah. well, I mean, it always has been, but I mean, you. you but the problem to... is, how do you stop the left side from coming and just keep the right side? <laughs> oh, come on now! <laughs> come I like on. the way you think. No, no, but you always sing on the right side of the shed. You yeah. know, that's the thing. No, 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 I must be the only one on the other side of the shed here. Come on! No, I think you are actually. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, left side, left side. Give us a song. That's so. right. No, no, no. That's your job. We just wave. Yeah, I <laughs> know. And then, then you go home and go. Oh, I'm a shed boy. I'm in there with the shed. They're all singing and dancing oh, yeah. on that side. Don't make me break up my yeah, hat. I know. Got the hat. I know. <laughs> Many a time I've gone home and not been able to talk for three weeks, but that's the whole point of the being in there. It's a great, great place to be if you're yeah. a young man. And yeah, shed boys gave me that fridge magnet. The uh, I'm blind, I'm deaf, want to be a ref uh, fridge magnet. Still yeah. got that. That's yeah. sensational. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, that's good because you're there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what to give it to. That's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no. Look, I think it's it's. The, the effects of COVID, we're, we're still coming to terms with it. And I think, you know, this is this is not going to be a quick fix. And I don't know about the A-League um, doing what they've done and just fixturing up all these games. Or, well, they haven't fixtured them yet. No. They, yeah. prom- they promised us a fixture, which we haven't got. They promised it, it would be announced in early November. Yeah. So. But the, the thing is, every other code in this country is planning for a hub. Uh, baseball, cricket, AFL, yep. they're all planning around hub sports. Yep. And I just don't think a hub will work. I don't see Tony Sage wanting to send his team over to Sydney. And I certainly don't see any teams wanting to be able to or able to hub a W League side. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, as we were discussing, I mean, that, that's fine if you want hubs around Australia. I'm um, pretty sure Perth is one of those places that is around Australia, so yeah. why would we not be considered as a, a hub site? Because we're West Australia yeah, and all they want from us is the mining royalties yeah, yeah, and everything yeah. else is okay. Yeah, yeah. No, they, yeah we've that, seen... We've seen secessionist the, talk there, mate. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, politically, we, we yeah. see... I mean, the AFL are, are planning their stuff in um, monthly batches from yep. February. We're, yep. we're just going... Well, we don't know what we're going, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll go on a break. We'll come back and we'll discuss that and more with Andy Harper. So we'll, we'll be back after these. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Ausfest Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au Please don't fence me in West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. 
So grab five mates and come down for a game today. Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Then um, Westfield to uh, assistant coach Melissa Andretta. She's named a 23-player squad for a women's talent identification camp. Bit of a, uh, a new thing that the Matildas are trying in Canberra from the 22nd to the 26th of November this month. Um, so talking about hubs and all that. Yeah. So they're getting all the girls over for that one. Uh, Glory player Tash Rigby will be there. And also we need to send a special mention out because our co-host... Uh, co-host we'll also, Miranda? Yeah, Miranda. She'll be uh, yep. over there as well as a goalkeeper. Yep, and I had so. to keep that under my hat, which, uh, <laughs> which is covering that solar panel. Yeah, so yep. that's best of luck to Miranda there. Fantastic. And, and from what I see, it finishes on the 26th. So I think we expect her to be in the studio with us next next week. No, no excuses just well, because no, you've been selected no, for a national. No, it needs to be know. a better excuse than that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, I couldn't go. I was at the Australian national camp. No, well, come yeah, on, come now. on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this is Radio Fremantle. What do you, what do you mean you're going to snub us for that? <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, it's good to say. Hopefully, hopefully, it won't be a clash. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's um. So obviously, well, still hubs. Yeah, camps. Well, that that is interesting because if we're talking. COVID, as we as we do with most of the shows, yeah. uh, will she need to isolate when she comes back? Oh, I hope not. Oh. Well, <laughs> can, can we do a remote broadcast where she can, you know? Well, she tried that before and had troubles. Right? Oh, really? <laughs> uh, look, it's the trouble with live radio. I mean, we're having troubles this morning with someone who's, who's not. Um, yeah. Wow. yeah. So, unfortunately, Andy's not answering his phone and um, yeah, I just can't get through to him. But... I think, yeah, we still can discuss some of those issues. We, we've got every other code planning for yeah. hub football. Yeah. Um, the A-League did promise that they would have a fixture list out in early November. Uh, by my watch, that's passed. Um, <laughs> no, no, but we need to have, yeah. you know, yeah. for, for fans. And, and this is, I suppose, what we've got to look at. This is a professional business. Yep. It is not professional not to have a list out. It is not going to breed um, consumer confidence if we don't have a list out. None of the clubs know exactly what's going on. I would imagine that people like the Glory would have to um, negotiate with HBF for the, the ground and to arrange the fixtures around other things that they may be planning uh, as the the, the COVID borders drop off. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's not a venue that just does the football. It does a lot of other things. So it's... Um, those sorts of things need to be there. And, and for, for a consumer, you want to know that you're going to buy a Glory membership, that they're going to have a home game on December 27th or not. Yeah. Or if it's not on December 27th, it's in the new year. Yeah. And and that you need to have some confidence on it. But then all you need is someone to start coughing in Adelaide and the whole thing just goes into a meltdown. But the thing is, you know, the FFA, they're not in a unique position. Every sporting code in Australia and every football code around the world is dealing with this. I don't know why they're sort yeah. of making such a... Well, the, EP, the EPL just put out a fixture list. Yep. Yep. Then if you've got teams that qualify for Europe or qualify for the next stage of the European competition, they just change the fixtures to... to yeah. f- to suit and it's and the FA Cup and uh, all the other cup games that they played in Europe, yep. um, they swap it all around that the international fixtures, everything. But well, we, but we, somehow that's too hard for the FFA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean you we know. just saw the the Euro Nations League going on. So you know yeah. th- these are international countries travelling around, okay, admittedly travelling around Europe. But I mean some of the issues that we see coming from from that area of the world have been horrendous. Yeah. Yet yet they could organise international fixtures. We're not talking months in advance. Yeah, no. as, as someone with German ancestry, I'd prefer if we don't mention the Euro Nations League whatsoever. 
What happened to Germany again? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, it wasn't a Manuel Neuer issue again, was it? It was. It was a six 0 to Spain. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know what happened there. Nah, well, I haven't actually seen any highlights. Well, Pete, Pete so, you're, so, you're in Aussie. You're right. Not yeah. in it. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I was going to say my second it, team. <laughs> the under sixteen side went out, did they? Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, we weren't going to mention that. But we talk, we talk about the fixtures. That's one side of it. And from a fan's perspective, that's one side of it. But um, I don't know how many of you were watching the um, A-League when it went into the hub last time. I must admit, I lost all interest. Yeah, I, can't I, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Just more, more because the games were more frequent. You could come home on a you know Tuesday night and turn on a game. And um, obviously, there's no... No fans, and there was the weird atmosphere, yep. sort of watching yeah. it at the ground. But no, I, I actually quite enjoyed the fact that, you know, at random times during the week, you could come home from work and and watch an A League match. Yeah, but there was no hope of you sitting in the stand and watching your team no, live. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. And that that to me is is the you know the the bit that I'm a glory member for. Yes, yeah. I mean, I I I like my West Ham, and I watch them that way every week because I can't go to a home game. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I'm assigned to that. But. The, the glory, you want to be there, and that's all part of the support. Oh, I, I agree entirely. What I was getting at yeah. was I hadn't lost interest. No. I was still tuning in when the games are on, especially the glory matches and cheering yep. them on. Sort of everyone's aware yeah. that there's a big asterisk beside the, the but matches. But from a business the, perspective, oh, then how, how does someone like Tony Sage sell the memberships if they're in a hub? You, yep. Obviously, you don't. And then how do you get all your sponsorship and the the benefits that you can offer a sponsor the all those uh, extras like the um the rooms and the yep. functions and the you know well, fun and the acl and i mean that, that's gonna have to be costing a, a pretty penny there yeah absolutely it mm. is but the the thing is the acl is something he would have budgeted for the acl the acl comes with no but the acl comes yeah. with a financial benefit for competing in it so mm. it's not as if you're you're there for great they are yeah, Given fair enough. I, I think there's only a benefit if you progress pretty far into the competition. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. if you go out in the group stages, it's a loss. Yeah, yeah we, we were talking about that yeah. one off air where um, apart from Adelaide United and Western Sydney Wanderers, there's not been any uh, no. Australian side to get out of uh, the, the, the last and 16. if we take this further so out... How much money are they going to get from, from that? From the A-League. Oh, great. So we're, we're at the moment hubs and we're looking at um, pre-season games. Yep. Great. We can go over and play in the Asian Champions League for our pre-season. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great pre-season, better than any <laughs> yeah, we've had. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we just, we've just seen MacArthur play the Australian under-21s yep. behind closed doors, which is no good for anyone. There's no bums on seats. There's no one there. It's, a, again, TV-only audience. Um, where do the other A-League sides, that are not in the ACL, play their pre-season matches? Who do they play? Well, we um, saw MacArthur playing. No, no, but what I'm the, talking about uh, it's say, say Victoria, yeah, yeah. where they haven't had an NPL season. They've mm. got no players that are fit in the NPL. Yep. The A League team has got no one fit to play against. So, where, where do they get their competition? Go beyond that now to the Australian under 21s and the Matildas, who are looking at an Olympics campaign next year. Mm-hmm. Who do they play against? We're talking. You need to play quality opposition. Yeah. Now I'm not saying the three ones against Macarthur wasn't playing quality opposition, but they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that. Did he say they were or weren't? <laughs> no, no. But I mean, but that's a that's a good uh, hit out for the for the Ollie Roos, though. You would have thought, and and for a, a fledgling yeah. club like Macarthur, I mean, yeah. these, are, these are players that haven't played. You know, let alone together, together in the yeah. same same coloured shirt. So, yeah. but this is where we're going to struggle. And then you've got the W League, where you've got 
most of our players now are overseas. I read an article this morning about the lack of depth in the Matildas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so where are those players? And again, anyone that's played, any one of those that was in uh, Victoria over the last six months hasn't played. So where are these fringe players going to come from? And, and how the, are the women going to get quality games now? And yeah, particularly, that, that, and particularly sure. at international level. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, they can't. No. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's... Uh and then from a, a business point of view, there, there are a number of clubs who are on the cusp and, and you, you're relying on beneficial or, or generous benefactors like Tony Sage, as much as some people love him or hate him. Yep. Um, he is putting his kids' um, inheritance into this club. Oh, yeah. Yep. And at some stage, if there's no, no hope for him of getting anything back or it becomes – it doesn't be fun anymore, he's just going to go, oh, you know what – Jaws yep. and you know, the FFA, and we've seen we've seen just how well the East Coast like us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, and that's just, that's just us. But then you look at other small clubs and Central Coast and other clubs like that that are going to struggle. I don't know how um, new, the sorry the Wellington Phoenix, who are already basing themselves out in New, New South yep. Wales yep. for the whole comp, yep. and yep. and that in itself. Um, raised problems with their W League well, side because exactly. they wanted the W League yeah. side, but they also wanted to field mostly um, potential um, international players for them in yeah, as the, in New Zealand. Yeah, also, but under, New Zealand. But under yeah. the rules, they can't have that many foreigners in a, in an Australian domestic league. Yeah. And the Australian league was designed to give opportunities to Australians. Yep. Lots yep. of New Zealanders. Yep. Yeah. No, no, well, we, we spoke to Tom uh, Samani with, uh, with Penny and, and I put that question to him whether it was going to just be a, a, a pseudo Silver Ferns team. He, he tended to think that it wouldn't be, but the point you just made there is that it, it, how could it not be? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that being said, we've seen Wellington Phoenix where we all thought that would be the all blacks, oh, sorry, the all whites. The yeah. Other, yeah. Cut the other game on the head at the moment. <laughs> uh, and, and that hasn't turned out to be the case either. So, no, no, it hasn't. But, but some of those I mean, players. They did, that, they did start that way. But some they? of those players that did start out with them, like Rojas, is now with Melbourne Victory. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. you know, th- those players and in that market will move. And then I suppose the other thing is we're looking at introducing a transfer market. But for a transfer <laughs> market, there needs to be a competition. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, these things are not in isolation. So I think there's a lot to be answered for. I think the, the for the fans, we need to have a fixture list. And the sooner we get one, the oh, better. Yeah, for the absolutely. owners, they need a fixture list. We can start planning. Yeah. We also need to have a contingency plan that works around COVID. And some of that will have to involve the, the hubs being shared around. Because I think a hub in New South Wales is great for Sydney. Yeah. Well... And again, another one-off air that we're bringing on air. I mean, that that makes the most financial sense as well. I mean, you've got, you know, not it's, quite it's not less quite travel half, for more yeah, teams. Yeah, to have you're not quite half the league based out of New South Wales, and you know, you just need a, a club to come down from from Queensland and yeah. three up from from New, uh, from Victoria, and and that's basically the league. Yeah, but most of those could then, between matches. Um, Go back home, oh. come, come, come back and play. Don't start me that one. Yeah. I put my Subudio hat on when I played the 2018 uh, Australian Grand Prix. And, of course, Perth 
Subidio Perth took a team over, and you know, at our own personal expense. Yeah. And uh, the Melbourne boys were uh, were gloating that they could sleep in their own bed. It was a, <laughs> a you know a ninety nine dollar return flight, and they complained, "Oh, we've got to get up at four o'clock in the morning." I've gone, "Hang on a minute, you paid two hundred bucks to play in this tournament." If we paid 200 bucks, they'd kick us out at the border from about 35,000 feet up. <laughs> really? Can I pay for your ticket next time? <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if we can get I mean, it down to 10,000 feet then. <laughs> if, it, if it was that easy. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no but it was... Yeah, no, I agree. And this, this is the problem, mate. We have, yeah. we, the unique part of Australia is that tyranny of distance. Yep. And, you know, we've long complained about the way that they divvy up the travel money for the A-League. Basically, they've got a kitty that they divide equally between all the clubs, no matter how far yeah, they travel, that's right, yeah. which is not is not no, fair. It should no, be. It's not equitable. Well, no. What they should do is they divide the whole pot by every kilometre that everybody had to travel, <laughs> and then give it on a kilometre basis. So that would make Perth and Wellington the strongest clubs in the league. No, it wouldn't. It just mean that they've got a fair and equitable <laughs> yeah, yeah, slice no, of the travel pie. Whereas someone, someone based in Sydney, who's already mentioned, is actually making a profit out of it. Mm. We could always bring back the, uh, the Perth Kangaroos. That was always a, a good option. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did like that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But, you know, the, for, for someone like Tony Sage, who is funding mm. that club largely from his own resources, yep. um, you know, a hub will not work. Oh, no. Mm. No, no. And, and, you know, Melbourne City, because of their associations, can probably ride it out because they've got a big... <sighs> yep. Yeah. You know, a, a well-heeled person that can just lose a, a million without... Per- person? Oh, you're talking about a country, aren't we? A country, we? yeah, yeah. Well, the thing is, though, they've got an entity that owns them yeah. that, you know, could lose a couple of million under the sofa and not even know about it. But, um, <laughs> no, no, but... Yeah, I'd like to go underneath the uh, the driver's seat on one of those cars. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. have to work for a week. <laughs> yeah, but but the I think yeah you know, we we're still in the A League and and the F or FIFA not FIFA the FFA are underestimating the effects of COVID across the country. It doesn't just affect the game itself. The game itself will survive always because yeah we can play in hubs, we can do this, yep. but those business entities behind them need to have the engine that drives it, so oh, they need yeah. to have memberships, yeah. they need to have bums on seats in the stadiums, and they need to be able to offer those corporate packages that then allow them yep. to move within their the corporate world and well, as we we're discussing gain c- and drive the sponsorships I mean, they're they're on the brink of uh, collapse anyway how, how can mm. they then go to the community and go by the way, give us your money for a season ticket why would I want to do that if you can't even guarantee me that I can go and see the club and be that you're actually going to be playing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to have a fixture list to actually then start to entice membership to come through the through the cash register. W- without that, it, it's, you know, yes, we might be playing. Yeah, okay, well, good on you. I might pay you my membership fee then. <laughs> but the, the membership is only part of the, the whole sum of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, true. Because if you've, if you've got X amount of members, then that makes you um, more... Um, attractive to yep. a potential sponsor. So if I've yeah. got five five hundred members, and I go to someone like BHP and go, Look, I've got five hundred members. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. if I go to them, I go, I've got 12,000 12, yep. or I've got thirty thousand, I've got forty thousand. Yep. Then you can start to drive sure. that, yeah, yeah, that market and that market that image, and then you you bring people in. And once you start bringing people in, you're laughing. 
And then, Sorry, that was me. Yeah, but then, <laughs> then you can bring those corporate sponsors into your uh, boardrooms and into the, the functions and then the networking starts and then they all, everyone sees the benefit of being in, yep. in that group. And without that, the, the fundamental money that's driving that club disappears and if that disappears, the club disappears. Yep. And I think the A-League is in serious trouble. Add to that the FFA... Um, the FFA, if they're losing the ability to, to bring in people and, again, sponsors, national sponsors, uh, international sponsors to drive. We had Qantas. So I don't think they're going to be no, no, they've, they're out. They pulled the pin. Yep. Yep. But who's going to replace them? And if we don't have a product, we have nothing to sell. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't understand the FFA's thought process with COVID. I mean, we're just having a look on... Um, uh, some some better news, particularly in the women's game, uh, with uh, Demi Vance and Nadine Caldwell um, from uh, the Northern Redbacks. Those that uh, would have known that I, I refereed uh, both of those ladies yep. uh, being uh, selected for the Northern Ireland Euro Women's uh, Championship. Yep. So I yep. mean, the Euro Women's Championship can go ahead in a COVID situation, yet we can't get the FFA to go ahead. I know, mm. I know. You know, so best luck to those ladies. And I believe, Sid, uh, sorry, Vic, uh, Melbourne Victory fly out this weekend. They play on Tuesday in the yeah. AFC. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah, and should fly back next Thursday as well. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, no, wow. I was, yeah, going to have a chat to, uh, to Andy about uh, the lack of performance in the ACL from Australian sides. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't understand how... With, with the prize at the end of it, and it'll take the financial away from it, but the prize at the end of it, you you are likely to play the likes of Manchester United, Barcelona, yep. Real Madrid. In a, in a competitive match. In a competitive match. match, you know, match not, not a pre-season kick around. No, no, thing, that, that, that yeah. is, you're going to be called the best side in the world. Yeah. But then we're limited. I mean, you look at some of the people that were um, not playing for Shenzhou. Oh, we understand that. I mean, and, and we saw with um, Shanghai SIPG, I mean, it was basically... Uh, you know, apart from the, the, the two Brazilian boys and, and Aaron Moy, I mean, again, what a, what a shift that boy put in. Yeah. But it was just the Chinese yeah. side. Yes. Uh, and you, you can't make the oh, excuse look, and, and saying, Sydney should have done look, better. Look, look, look at the team we put yeah. out. You put out the team that's the best you have available on that particular day. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and the prize is mm. you, you will play... You know, some of the best But then you look, the at the, look at the glory with eight new w, uh, oh, debutants. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they, they had five sure, yeah, five that. lads that played NPL. I mean, they, they put on a 16-year-old. I think, sensational. you know, Good for it's them. sensational yeah. for glory yeah. that we're blooding players at yeah. that level this early. And I think, you know, I, I put a post up during the week because there's people bagging them out for the result. But at nah. the end of the day, we – no, no, but we, we've gone out and we've brought in seasoned professionals like Brian Dean and Robbie Fowler <laughs> and everybody else. Everyone's gone, oh, yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> I, th- I think then, we'd be the unique situation and, and here that what, all three of us saw Brian Dean score that goal. Yeah. yeah and, uh, and, what, a, what a goal. What he, a goal. Looked, he looked like he was just lying down for a nap and his head <laughs> happened to hit the ball <laughs> as he was getting down there. Yeah, for a guy that's called so many yeah, head, that's what, that's, that's what all skill so buys you. Um, <laughs> but then – People go, oh yeah, but there's no there's no opportunity for youth, and then we go into this yep. ACL with a whole load yep. of locally produced youth. You know, Luke Bodnar and people like that. Yeah, and they go, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're not good enough. Yeah. You, know, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, that's right. The only way these guys are going to get good enough is to get them out there. And I think you know, as as much as the two one loss hurt, it wasn't them that hurt us. It was a seasoned professional, yep. mm. and the. The other thing is that those kids will have learned from that and they'll keep learning and yep. they'll be much, much better players for it. And I actually like what we're doing at the moment. Yep. Yep. And, you know, people go, oh, Kilkenny didn't start. No, he was a bit, he may not start the next one. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you go, look, great. 
put them boys out there. Yeah, that could be a load management situation. I mean, if we go back to, to you know, yep. Bobby Moore, I mean, how old was he? Well, how young was he, to, to use the better phrase, when yep. he made his debut for West Ham? 16, wasn't he? Yeah, George Absolutely. Best. George yep. Best just, just short of 15. I mean, yep. young enough, Cole, old Cole enough. Carl was 15. Yeah, good enough. Yeah. And that, that's what we should be uh, yep. supporting it, and, and, and promoting. It, it's worth mentioning, with the glory traditionally over the last five years or so has always fielded an older squad yeah, yeah, by yeah, A-League yeah. standards. You know, the average is about 27. Last yep. season, the glory was about 30. Yeah, yeah. Um, the squad they put out, uh, for the ACL match was under 25, the average age, which yeah. first time I, I've seen a number so low for their average starting 11, and, um, you know, long may it continue. And, and, then, and that, think that's we, with Castro starting. And yeah, what is he exactly. now? He's 38. 38. Okay. So, so I, I, I was actually really surprised he played the full match too. I thought... Yeah, my, my prediction would have been bring him on in the last 20. Yeah, in those conditions, um, you would have thought, uh, you know, load management, I know we don't like to, to get sports science onto the show, but, I mean... <laughs> At, at that age, in those conditions, I, I was surprised he what, played the whole... What were the conditions? I did hear them mention something about the stadium is air-conditioned. Air yeah, so, so those that watched the uh, the Sydney game, yeah. um, you would have seen uh, just underneath the, the, the seats, those vents, that, yeah. that was the air conditioning. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're piping the, the cool air in. And the good news for us, I'm pretty sure that if the World Cup does go ahead, that's the time slot that we'll be watching uh, the games around that time. So... Um, yeah, there were. It's it's more the not just the the temperature. It's the ambient air temperature, the humidity. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty pretty oppressive. I would have thought. I wouldn't mm. have liked to have been playing in those conditions. I mean, you just see the guys after you know ten fifteen minutes. It's like it's soaked, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They uh, they were carrying around that uh, that sweat for the rest of the game. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Now, look, I think it's it's been an interesting start. I think we've done reasonably well. Could have done just that little bit better. Would have been nice, but yeah, I don't want to highlight anybody. So no, I won't, but <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. Well, the, the referee did. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of somebody else. <laughs> yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't. They're always easy well. to blame I mean, you. The, the, they've all got the FIFA badge yeah, on, and, and and ideally they should all be refereeing to the international standard. But as we discussed, you would see the. The referees with the FIFA badge from from the J League, yeah, who are refereeing players of a higher technical standard and a faster paced game, and then you see some but, other. But when Fornaroli goes out in the second yeah. half and he's got his shin pads down in the back of his calves, <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a new style. As long as he's oh, wearing no. his shin pads, <laughs> I know but they let a lot go. Anyway, yeah. um, we're going to go a break. We'll be back after this with Andy Barrett, who is from the Casual Football Company. So we're we'll back in a moment. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Lost West Fencing and Royal Tryon. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The OzWest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au I'm Peter Skeeler. The world is a little different to us all right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keeping in touch by FaceTime, and watching classic matches on Share TV. 
One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are here every Saturday from 10am to 12 noon. We appreciate your support and stay safe Australia. We're all in this together. The top station on your radio dial, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. You did well there, Pete. You did that without moving a lip. No, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was. No, it's, it's awesome. Working on my ventriloquism. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, can you get your hand out of mine? <laughs> <laughs> now, our next guest um, is somebody, if you if you don't like referees and you've got no mates like me um, and you, you want to play football, there's got to be a way to do it. And our next guest is... Andy Barrett, who has the answer for you with the Casual Football Company. Andy, good morning. How are you? Yeah, good morning. How are you going? Yeah, really well, thank you. Good. Um, the the Casual Football Company, it sounds it sounds very interesting. What is it? Um, well, basically, it's, um, anyone can come along to the sessions that we run. Um, and you don't need to have a team. You don't have to have any uh, come with any mates. You can pop down on your own and just play. Uh, for 90 minutes um, and we basically the, the tagline is we play because we love it um, and pretty much um, yeah it's, it, it's, it's going it's going really well we've got a number of different locations around um, around Perth it's been going for about five years now yeah. uh, in different different forms so um, ideal for people that are on FIFO or shift work or casual labour where they can't guarantee that they could be, you know, a, a venue every week, but yep. um, they can just rock up when they are free and, and play. That's, that's exactly right. Look, we, uh, myself and um, a guy called Neil Fipway, um we've been around first uh, football for, 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 for quite a while now through different guises, but we started Backpackers FC a few years back mm-hmm. and then... Um, because we saw the um, saw the niche and the need uh, in sort of Perth transient uh, population uh, for people just to be able to play football, and uh, we, we we basically came up with the casuals model uh, for for uh, that, and also 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 for other uh, other people, you know, as well the people who are playing on teams and for clubs who yep. might have a spare night and just want to have a kick. I think uh, the the casuals model has been around for a long year, mm-hmm. a long time. You've just added a, a, a degree of organisation around it because um, I, I still <laughs> yeah. remember as, as a 16, 17 year old um, we'd just meet up at the park we, no one yep. organised it we'd just turn up at the park 20 aside, maybe 30 aside yep. a couple yep. of jumpers for goals and have at it and you know again one of those utopian experiences 20 or 30 yep. aside and no referee and no red cards no one ever got sent off and no one got injured that's right. That's exactly right. I was I was the same in the UK. We used to, you know, play before school, after school, lunchtime. Mum calls you in for dinner, and then you go back out again, and then you got fifteen aside, and then yeah, jumpers for goalposts. So, look, yeah. it's um, you know, it, it is that thing. It is adding that organisation around it. We don't we don't have referees, so everyone um, sort of refs themselves. And in five years, we've not had an incident. So, um, no. it's uh, because. Um, although people were keeping the score in the heads, you know, we don't we don't collect the scores. And oh, no, look, in the ninety. Traditional rules, last goal wins. <laughs> yeah, what well, if we do that? Yeah, look, we, the games go for about 10 minutes and um, we get about probably seven games in in that, in that time. So we play like 10, 11 minute games and, and uh, ro- 
rotate the teams that we get down there. And, and under traditional rules, so you, you play the 10 minutes and then if one side's stronger than the other or you've, you've got someone with two left feet, you switch them around and even up the sides a bit more? No, no, look, we've, we, we, you never normally do that. So you might turn up with your mate and then the next people in line come and then they're going to be on the same team and then we just give each people bibs so it's not... Um, uh, we don't grade it at all when you know you, we we pretty much get uh, a mixture and fair teams all throughout so yeah. uh, and um, you know and that's the, that's the beauty of it you could have someone that's only been playing you know a little bit of football uh, playing on the same team as someone that's, that's pretty good and um, you know it's all about the game yeah it's uh, uh, and, uh, and and that sometimes can be you know, in the competitive world, uh, that can be that can be lost somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for, for, for us, that we've what was it about 350, 400 players last week were playing um, at our different different sort of different locations and venues down in uh, where have we got them Lords in Subiaco. It's um, we've got it in North Lakes. We're at the Spanish Club now, yeah. and um, we're in Warwick and down in Morley at um, Elstead Reserve. So. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good, it's good fun. Morning, Andy. Hugh Best here. I was just going to ask you about the Spanish club uh, sessions, which is Wednesdays mm. seven to eight thirty. Mm. It's a female only uh, uh, day. Is that correct? No, the one on uh, one on Monday. So Monday nights is uh, oh, the Monday ladies. one. Sorry. Yeah, so Mon- Monday seven o'clock is ladies. So uh, we we get we get lo- you know the say one two three ladies turning up to you know our sessions, which are open to everyone. Yeah. Uh, and um, but then I thought, look, you know, um, the, the, let's put on let's put on a, a ladies only session. That's been been going really well, and that's uh, seven o'clock on a Monday. And then yeah, a Wednesday, seven o'clock is the one for all people. And look, we had we actually had eleven girls turn up to that session on the Wednesday as well down at the Spanish Club. So. Um, yeah, all players are welcome. All no, it's good stuff, Andy, because I think you know some some girls actually thrive on on testing themselves against men. Yeah, but oh, a yeah. lot a lot yeah. of girls are more comfortable playing against other girls, and you know yeah. it's it's they're able to make that choice for you. I think which is hugely important. Yeah, oh, for for, for sure, and um, and, and when, when when the girls are playing with with the guys as well, there's no real. Um, you know, the, the, the girls want to be tested, so it's uh, you know the, everyone everyone's equal. Really, it's a kind of kind of fair game. So uh, the girl, you know, the girls love. Re- re- I, I usually find in those situations, situations that the men will hold back and the women don't. But um. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah, no, that, that, that is what happens. And uh, uh, but look, it's uh, you know, I've said so long. It's all it's all for kind of the the, the, the love of football um, and uh, and just. And just playing and making sure that there's something there. And you're right; it is a simple model that you know everyone has done, you know, before with themselves, with their mates. But you know, you ask, you ask yourself this: I've been here 16 years now, and I, I can count on one hand when I've seen kids down the park playing on their own, just them and their mates, without you know something being organised for them. Mm. It rarely, rarely happens. Um, you know, in in the UK, there was like little little. Um, worn out bits in front of every girl. Oh, look, I, I think you, you you hit the nail on the head when you said if you walk into school and, and you've got something round like an onion, you'll play football with that to <laughs> and from school, you know, and every break someone had a ball and you, you'd just play and that was it. We we didn't not yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, that, you know, that, that, that's right. And look, here, you know, I think people like things to be organised for them. It, it, it's kind of not, it's not in their nature to not, 
to, to just you know, head down the path. There, so there's a lot of us, there's yeah, a lot of focus yeah. on coaching and development mm. and uh, mm. you know the structure of all that but what they what that misses out on is all that unstructured freedom um when mm. when you're playing in those one-on-ones and there's no referee and there's no real rule book mm. in play you can be as creative as you like and you can try things you can make mistakes there's no yep. coach who's going to then drag you off to a whiteboard and go why didn't you do this you know you mm. can experiment and you can it is it's alchemy mm. but it's it's a, a very mm. very important part of your development mm. oh for sure look I've been involved in uh, junior football with uh, um, Glory Zone and um, you know with the Glory Zone with Mark Lear and, and, and Jungle Soccer and things yeah. like that and it, um, so you know I know the importance of kids just being able to play and so you know giving something for, for the adults as well uh, you know with club fees and people you know can make it one week they can't make it another week and then if they go and join an indoor football league, then you know it's a pain in the ass. Or oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sorry. is there is there a, a age limit on on this at the moment? So, you if you had um, you know a fifteen year old turn up or a thirteen year old turn up, is there a mm. point where you go uh, maybe something you're a little bit light on and, yeah. and can't play? Yes, yeah, for sure, Look, definitely. It's um, for for us. Uh, we, we, we've had guys turn up and they've brought their, say, 14-year-old son, but their 14-year-old son's probably bigger than I am. And I'm like, yeah, look, that's no problem at all. Um, but, you know, it, 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 we, 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 you know, there will be things, there will be offerings for juniors uh, in the future from us. Yep. So, um, because, we, you know, we have messages, you know, weekly from from, from parents saying, can, can we do this for them? And, yep. um you know, so you know, there will be things happening in the future. We're just—it's just getting. Um, so in this in this together. modern world, um, with things mm. going on, you still have to register for COVID compliance and contact tracing, that sort of thing. Sure, Look, yeah. it's, you know that—that's you know we're you know we're it's a fully um, operational business. It's yeah. nothing. Uh, you know, it's um, yeah, it's not just two guys setting up something down the park. This is. Um, Something which has yeah. uh, been, and, been, and been modelled for a long time. Insurance, oh, for sure. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, so you, yeah, I definitely. mean, it'd be public liability insurance, but um, other than that, be yeah. you know, if if someone is going to participate in a sport, um, it's best yeah. if they have their own insurance because public liability oh, is exactly. Look, you know, we work under the same same guys as any, yeah. any um, sporting sporting um, operation. You know, it is obviously. It's advisable for anyone to have their own public, their own, uh, you know, private health, and they mm. they do play at their own risk. But we do have, you know, obviously we do have <laughs> the correct insurances yeah. for uh, for our business. <laughs> so, Andy, that's great to hear about the juniors. So, with the uh, the, the juniors and, and anybody else that wants to turn up, what uh, what mm. sort of financial commitment and and equipment would you need to bring? You know, so uh, no. am, I, am I needing well, shin pads and my predator boots and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 a, and a bank balance that the bank manager is happy to see? Yeah, well, the bank. Well, yeah, the, the fees are absolutely, absolutely ludicrous now. Look, it's it's a no commitment um, is, is necessary, so you don't even have to let us know if you're turning up. So that, the casual model is, you know, for the guys, they just turn up on the night. It's twelve dollars, and that's twelve dollars for ninety minutes. So, um, and that's it. You might turn up one week, and then you're away working for a couple of weeks, or you're ill or something, and you come. You know, it takes away that pressure of, you know, ringing round. Yep. 20 people to find a five-a-side team. You can just, four of you can just turn up and then five of you and then seven of you can turn up the following week. 
It so, really doesn't matter. So it's $12 so, and that's it. Yep, no shin pads, no boots, just rock on up and, uh, and away we go? Yeah, it, it, it depends on what you're comfortable playing in. It's, it's, it's you know, it's seven-a-side football. Uh, a lot of the guys don't wear the shin pads. Yep, but, yep. Uh, you know, you, 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 you can do in some, some – because the fields are, and, uh, are fairly – fairly firm at the moment and then you know they they don't often wear boots but you know some players do it's it's, it's, it's personal choice really yeah. i'm looking at the photo on your website and the guys there are wearing well there's one guy in boots but it looks like the rest are just in sneakers yeah, and, yeah no and i was no just sort of asking because so, yeah. a lot of the um uh, grounds uh, i don't think elstead would be one of them but uh on the off season boots aren't uh unallowed on the playing surface yeah, so yeah, yeah look and I've, uh, I've run comps where we do that but then yeah. you if it rains or it gets a little bit dewy yeah. then you need to be able to wear boots so sure. i think you yeah. know there's there's um, there needs to be some common sense in there. Now, the other thing, Andy, is, is um, you've got a number of locations. How do people find you? How do they get in contact with you? And, and how All do right. they know where to rock up? All right. If they go to the, the, the Casual Football Co. on, uh, on Facebook. Dot, uh, co- dot com? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Well, we've got the, the, the casualfootballco.com as well. So yep. if they go to the website and then the Facebook page, all, all the events and all the sessions are on the Facebook page uh, and on the website as well. But we look, we run, we run that um, and the Instagram pretty, pretty, pretty hard. And that's how we've kind of, kind of, that's kind of how 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 we how we've grown, trying to keep up with the youngsters. Um, and uh, yeah, and um, I see you on the meetup uh, chat group room as well. Oh, meet up! Yeah, sorry, meet up as well. So yeah, any any of those uh, any of those we're, we're, we're launching our own. Sort of uh, inclusive app soon, so that's where we'll be, we'll be we'll be directing people, and that's going to have all the information uh, information on as well. And we've got some got some more sessions lined up, and some big things for for next year. It's pretty exciting, really. Okay, we'll share a link. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link to your uh, website on on our Facebook group. Just out of interest, oh. like if if someone was to rock up, um, mm. roughly how many people do you get to a session? Are we talking like it's it's yeah, roughly ten aside. Do you have multiple games running at once? Do you have you know fifty people? Okay, so or? yeah, so 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 Lords is, is five aside. So you know, example. So Friday night at Lords, we have we actually use a tennis court as well. So we've got five courts there, and we have um, twelve teams. So two teams are off, um, and then they're off once for the session. So that's about sixty players. And then say uh, Elstead um, at, at Elstead Reserve on a Tuesday night, we've actually got two sessions. We get about. Eight teams to each of them, so eight teams of seven to, yeah. to them, uh, and you know, obviously, not teams. It could be two guys rocking up, or you know, a guy on their own, or a whole team. It's it, whatever. That's fine. So you know, to each 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 of the sessions, we get uh, a good turn seven, yeah. seven, seven, seven and ten. Yeah, oh, look, there's there's, there's there's a need for it, and and we run a good show. Yeah, look, I think uh, that, that, that's, it's good that you're doing that. Now, the other thing is that another part of your business I noticed was uh, line marking. Sometimes a problem yeah. with clubs, and I've seen I've seen some examples on uh, Facebook where <laughs> someone shouldn't have been drinking before they ran the lines, and yeah, yeah. I'm sure Hugh's seen some horrendous stuff yeah, in his time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, show. Well, look, we've yeah, you know, we, we, we've had some horror shows in the past as well, but look, we've we've gone out, we've, we've actually got a robotic line marker, so. It, it, run, it runs by GPS, and um, we can configure any field, whether it's a ruble pitch, whether it's a seven aside, six aside, whatever dimensions they are. Uh, then we can just configure that, um, and then at the moment we're, we, we we can do a field or say a whole soccer pitch um, takes us about thirty minutes um, to do, uh, and then we can do 
you know, if we come to a club and do two pitches and uh, three ruble pitches, it'll probably take us two, three hours to do that, um, all in different colours if you like. And um, yeah, I think we're offering 30, 30% off um, on anyone's, you know, first lines that they need to do. We can kind yeah. of do them. We can, even do, we can even do them at night because we run off GPS, so... Yeah, no, I, I've seen that machi- machinery yeah, before and, right. and had a look at it myself. And I think, you know, um, one of the things that you have is with volunteer time, you're, mm. always, you're always short of volunteers yeah. and, and you need to have a good volunteer mm. doing two hours or three hours worth of lines when yeah. this machine, as you said, can just sit there and do it for you. So it's, it's yeah. a, an option worth looking at. And it's not just for yeah. uh, soccer pitches, is it, Andy? What other uh, no. markings could you do what with it- that? Exactly. I think we've we've got a couple. We've got some T-ball teams that we're doing uh, we're doing soon. Uh, we've got we've got someone who's, who's after a Quidditch pitch. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah so, I, including the aerial markings. What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, but I think that the, the point with the machine is that it's it basically can paint lines on anything that's flat, and you need lines on. And you know you, you're only restricted by your, your ability to enter the GPS location. So. The, it, yeah, the the boundaries are en- endless. It's, it's, yeah, well, look, and it does writing as well. So look, we can do text, and um, uh, you know, so if, if people are looking for you know to put text like um, you know, welcome to Melville Soccer Club, or you know, welcome or the sponsors and things like that along the sidelines, we yep. can actually do the text writing as well. So, in, so if I uh, gave you an address and a, and a message, you could just put it on <laughs> someone's lawn. <laughs> Careful. I was thinking that. No, where did you live, Hugh? <laughs> if you wanted to, if you wanted to have, have advertise the radio show and put it on the put it on a field somewhere and then get a drone to uh, uh, going up above, or if you wanted to, put, uh, you know, a uh, um, you know, do some sort of promotional video for the for, for the club, and you know, use yeah. that drone. It's but, pretty. It's pretty effective. It's pretty but effective. like you said, it works at night time, so you could rock <laughs> up at someone's house early in the early hours of the morning. Happy Happy <laughs> birthday, and then the wife's name or whatever, or happy anniversary. And when she thinks she's yep. forgotten, walk out and there on the lawn, she go, "Oh, you're the there best." You <laughs> I'll tell you what, we should get, we should get you on payroll, you sound like... You <laughs> oh, look, I'll tell you this, I'm an ideas man, I've, I've been an ideas man for DT38 and a few other people, i just come up with the concepts, that's it, it's, look, you don't want to get in there, it's an actual mind storm going on in there, but yeah, not a place to be, I'll tell you. Um, and you think you've been around football a while, you've, obviously uh, you're not uh, born and bred WA man, so you've come over from the UK, um, hmm. and you played where, who have you been with? Uh, well, since I'm here, I, I started at Murdoch when I was here. I came across, I was going to, uh, and then from Murdoch, I, um, uh, we, I was in the time where it changed over to Melville. And then, um, we, uh, then, then started Backpackers FC. So mm-hmm. in the UK, I was playing, in the UK, I was playing at, um, in sort of just down, uh, down on the south coast in, in sort of, uh, Hampshire and, Hampshire and Sussex. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I've uh, been around, obviously, yeah, I was, uh, I was running jungle sports and jungle soccer and um, Perth Glory Zone for, for a number of years as well, so, um, yeah, been, been, been involved with uh, with a few things and fingers in a few little pies and when it comes to football, but um, now I'm, yeah, I've, I've, I've always been focused more on the community side of football than I have been on winning trophies, obviously, because I was at Murdoch, but, um, oh. you know, it's... <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, and and Melville, but um, yeah. yeah. So I suppose look, that, and we talk about me, we talk about points of difference in in these things. I mean, a lot of people are not 
good enough to win bits of dust collectors and plastic and go in the room, what have you. Mm. So that you know, just to go out and play, just for the for the sake of playing, is is an actually mm. actually a wonderful thing. And you mm. know, irrespective of your ability and and your mm. the time that you can put into it, we we are all internally Lionel Messi. So yeah. you know, it's yeah. great that you can go out there and, and exercise that without yeah. actually having reality thrown in your face. So I think you do yeah, offer no, I, something I, I, to people. Yeah, guys, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd love you to come down and you know and, and, and have a little look at the sessions, you know, at some point, and uh, or even 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 playing. You know, we've got a master session going on as well. But um, look, um, because the atmosphere is is wonderful. Um, the you know, it's there's there's no malice involved, but there's some really good football. The games are competitive, you know. It's, 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 but you know, everything's shaking hands. If there's a hard challenge, it's normally because they. You know, mistimed it. Yeah, and then you know, everyone gets up, shake hands. Look, we have the music playing as well. And it, um, yeah, it just creates creates a more of a um, friendly sort of community atmosphere, and that's that's the side of it that we we really enjoy. Now, look, it's got everything going for it. I mean, no commitment, no ability, mm. um, no referees. Mm. You know, it, it sounds like a utopian existence. <laughs> Minim- <laughs> minimal cost, yeah, yeah, brilliant. You know, it's a winner all round. I think the, the the important is, and particularly with Perth and the way it's structured at the moment, we do have a lot mm. of people working shifts. We do have a lot of people working mm-hmm. FIFO, and they yep. still want to play the game. So, you know, if you just want to yep. keep your foot in and, and playing the game, that's the, is the way it goes. So, thank you yep. very much for your time this morning, mate. My, my absolute pleasure, guys, and thanks for having me on. Good on you, Andy. I might see you down at Elston right. soon. Yeah, fantastic. Look, you're more than welcome. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Cheers, buddy. Thanks. Okay, Andy Barnett, um, yeah, the casual football company. I think, you know, look, it's a great concept. Yep. The fact that you can just go out there and, and kick a ball and just... You know, like I said, I was going to take the seven-a-side Subudio pitch down to the seven-a-side at Elstead. I'd see yep. how that was going to work. Yeah, you know, see the kids running around. Give yeah. the fingers a workout. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well you've got to play with the ability you are, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah it's great. I think yeah, it's, it's no, fantastic. He's a, he's a brilliant, uh, brilliant ideas man. Yeah. Um, the concept's just sensational. I particularly enjoy the, the fact that they they have that women's only on the on the Monday night. Yep. So, yeah. uh, and, and then, like you said, uh, Sean, that uh, once you become comfortable, then it, it's open. It, you know, if you want to play, uh, you know, particularly at the North Lakes, if you want to play on the Wednesday at North Lakes. If it's just down the road, then you yeah. can play. You know, two nights a week, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, it's a great opportunity for people to test themselves and see how it's going. Um, if you you know, pick up players from that, and you could do. Um, you know, there's lots of people like myself when I came out had no idea where exactly. the football was. Yep. Um, you had no no associations, no friends. You could come in, you you build a network straight out of that. And I think you know, for the for the FIFA workers and people on on shifts and things like that, it's, it's a perfect answer. Oh, exactly. I mean, I've, I've used to work shifts all the time, and yeah, you know, you'd just be thinking, oh, you know, I've got I've got Wednesday and 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 and, and Thursday off, but you know, I, I can't play. Well, in this casual football company, that yeah, you you be able to find a venue nearby and yep. and rock on down. You know, yeah, make make mates as you go along. That's right. Absolutely, no, the great concept. Um, what else is there going on out there? Um, oh, oh, you got the Premier League to, 
Tonight, yeah. that's uh, going... Yeah, there should be three points for the Albion tonight. That's, that's no worries. It's only yeah. United. Yeah, yeah they're down in the relegation that. battle with us, so that should be okay. Yeah, well, you know, down there it's, it's getting tight. And I think, you know, Solskjaer out. That'll be the chant uh, coming up on Monday. He'll be gone again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, he's been avoiding it for some time. There's a couple of good games tonight. Newcastle versus Chelsea is always a good game. And, is it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> for neutral, it's great. I don't care if either one of them get beat. <laughs> oh, I see where you're going, both Rob. of them could manage. <laughs> to lose the same game. Yeah, they could both lose that one. Um, Aston Villa versus Brighton. Um, Come on, Brighton. Yeah, well, you know, Jack Grealish, the English saviour. Oh, Captain Jack. I mean, is there a a more overhyped player in the English game at the moment than Jack Grealish? I mean, what has he done? (laughs) I mean, apart from signing a top-dollar contract and playing for a really average side, (laughs) he's done nothing. No. How many no, times no. has he played for England? Is it once? Has he, has he played that yeah, many he's played, times? Yeah, he's played for England a couple of times, actually. Has he? Yeah, really? He has. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's coming off the bench actually count now, does it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know look, I can't argue who, with you. Who, who else I'm, you got? I'm not, I'm not a national international like you, so I can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's just the games tonight, and I think tomorrow there's, uh, there's quite a few going on tomorrow, obviously. Who, who have Arsenal got? Tottenham versus Manchester City. Ooh. Man United versus West Brom. Easy. Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United versus West Ham. That's always going to be nasty. Another relegation battle. No, no, no they, just, they just hate it. They can't forget. Leeds are playing Arsenal. Oof. And yeah. That's on Monday night. And Liverpool, Leicester City. So, again, there's some, some good games. Mm. Well, that should be, yeah, be interesting to see how Liverpool front up without any defence. All that attack, Klopp. Come on. Yeah, why not? Well, well because it's Klopp. Yeah, <laughs> against Leicester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Look, I just think there's, there's so many talking points in those games, but um, we need to get another guest on very shortly. So we've got um, Greg Farrell from West Coast Futsal, and he will join us after these. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Rotiron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The OzWest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au. Please don't fence me in. West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today. 
Well, how lucky are we uh, the gremlins are really hitting us this morning? I've just rung Greg. He's not answering his phone. Um, it's wonderful. Greg, if you're out there, dial in or let me know somehow and I'll get back to you. Um, yeah, look, it's, um, it just seems to be the focus of the day. Um, Fox Sports. Yeah. Oof. They've turned around and now making positive sounds towards the A-League now that uh, they've lost the rugby. That's very interesting, isn't it? As I look at it, it's not a bad thing for us, and, yeah. and it was one of the conversation points I would I was going to have with Andy this morning. Um, is that, um, yeah? So, so they had a a twenty five year um, relationship with Rugby Australia, um, which has now been snaffled by Stan. I think Channel Nine's trying to sort yeah. of boost. They've they've got a sports channel they want to launch, uh, and by the sounds of it, Fox is sort of going well. What else do we have on the shelf? And there's the A-League that's been gathering dust that they haven't really looked after much. Um, yep. We know the sort of there was a big downgrade last season, with obviously with the COVID and everything like that. But um, now that they don't have the Bledisloe Cup, they don't have the Super Rugby, they're sort of making overtures towards the A-League. So we'll see how it goes with the independent A-League and, and what happens then and how much money we can get out of Fox Sports and if they start treating us a bit better. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not just... Nice. Yeah, but it's not just us treating them better. It's about no, no, it's them treating us better. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying it works both ways. Yeah, um, you know, there's a couple of people, and you know, I know a number of people who, when the Foxtel lost the EPL, yep, um, and then you know, if you are like me, you don't watch any other sports, and you're watching just Foxtel, yeah, and then they they were saying about getting out of the A League, yeah, you know, why bother? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got you know. I've discussed it before, but, uh, you know, you lowball an organisation and then go cap in hand back to that organisation you just lowballed, I mean, why, why would mm. you take it on board? I mean, un- unless you go, oh, hang on a minute, what's the highest bid that we can put to you that you're actually going to accept? But I, I can't see the FFA, um, you know, we don't want to be uh, droning on about giving the FFA a hard time, but I can't see the FFA, you know, playing hardball because they, they want the product... Advertise. They want the product on on the airways. So, yeah. you know, I, I just find it, you know, for me, I just find it a little nasty that they want it out, and now, oh, hang on a minute, we forgot about this other contract that was going to be lapsing. Can we come back in? Oh, mm. You know, I I just find it a little bit. Yeah, but this is why I say we've got to treat them because oh, look, it is business, and and the thing is, we we can't, you know. Um, bite our own nose off to spite our face. We've, we've got to work oh, with them. Yeah. And, yeah, 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 and, yeah. And, and yes, they did do what they did, but let's not harp on that. No, no. The thing is, the, the game needs publicity. They, they have the medium to provide right. it. But, yeah, by all means, see what we can get out of them, um, but not screw them. Yep. Well, in other news, with the uh, the FIFA World Cup qualifiers going on, and again, we still can't find out when Australia are going <laughs> to continue theirs. But uh, in South America, a couple of unbelievable results. A bit like the the, the Spain Germany game. I mean, Ecuador six, Colombia one. I mean, what a <laughs> result that was. And I don't know if anyone, you know, again, <laughs> did give uh, Fox Child its due. I was watching it on ESPN, but uh, the the Uruguay Brazil game. Oh my goodness. Some tasty challenges there. <laughs> if you thought some of the refereeing in the uh, in the ACL was bad, I mean that challenge that Edson Cavani did. I mean, it, 
I'm surprised the police didn't come out and arrest him. He, <laughs> he did say sorry. Uh, oh, no, he actually complained to the referee when he said, what do you mean you're sending me off? Well, I mean, <laughs> you can't do uh, calf surgery with a boot, mate. <laughs> that was an absolute shocker. And, of course, Argentina doing their usual job every time they go to Peru going, oh, thanks, we'll just rock up, take the three points, yep. no drama. Yep. Um, Venezuela the, with a win. Yeah, I know. Ve- oh, well, you know, Solomon Rondon again to... Racking those West Brom quotes, and uh, and the other one was uh, the uh, Paraguay two, Bolivia two. So yeah. that's uh, that's good news there. With the table still has Brazil, Argentina, Ecuador going up into third place now with the top four of Paraguay, and yeah. those top four automatically qualify. So still doing, uh, doing good stuff there in uh, South America. Marvelous, and and close at home. Um, Greg Farrell, obviously a very very busy man out there with his with the futsal. Yeah. Um, I don't know when you're running the best competition in the state, you're going to get busy. So morning, Greg. How are you? <laughs> morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, mate. Um, how's things going out there? Obviously, you are very busy and and flat strap, but uh, lots of things going on in the world of futsal. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually I'm just over in uh, in Karanup at the moment with our our junior competitions. Um, I lost track of time slightly engaged in a, a conversation with a couple of players and a parent so my apologies for that oh and a parent yeah okay yeah, one of those conversations <laughs> I'm surprised you got out of it <laughs> so how's it going there I mean what uh, what can we uh, expect with the West Coast f- futsal competition um, well at, at the moment we we have the the variety with the the social competitions during the week in in um, Nedlands, Mount Lawley, and then we've got the the elite competitions on the weekends in in Subiaco, and then junior competitions in Karanup. Um, the the sort of there's something that, that caters to everybody, um, and of course then there's the the representative football, um, which sort of players are picked from. From the different competitions, uh, but specifically from the, the elite, the Super League competition, um, and we're sort of a third of the way through the summer season at the moment. It's a very, very, very different situation to what we faced a few months ago with the winter. I was um, just going to say, yeah. when you looked at what was going on in March and April, and yet yeah, you were virtual. Well, you were you were you were dead in the water. Um, that even though COVID is still in the background, um, going gangbusters, mate. Yeah, well, and that's where that there's more uh, competition starting all the time, all over the place. Um, but we're very lucky to be here in Perth, where because of government decisions and uh, probably some of the the good decisions made by the citizens as well, we are extremely well off with how COVID has not really affected us too badly. Um, which has let us get competitions going and sort of get the association back up and running after a few very very difficult months. Mm. Um, and and people love playing, love playing football, love playing futsal. So it's it certainly bodes well for for what will come once everybody has sort of gotten over the hangover of COVID. Because we do still, similar to outdoor, we do still have situations where. People are having to weigh up whether they can afford to commit to to something else on top of what they have going on, and people have got mortgages and all that sort of stuff to to consider with job decreases yeah. or 
And and the shadow of COVID is still with us. I mean, obviously, from from your perspective as a business owner, you still need to, to run the registers for contact tracing. You still need to have the hand gel and all the other bits and pieces that come with, with running a business where people are playing a contact sport. Yeah, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very strange thing. As someone who has never been a germaphobe, I've actually become <laughs> quite, quite attached to the, the, the feeling and the smell of the, the, uh, the hand sanitizer. <laughs> oh, look, and, and it, it's actually destroyed some careers because uh, I saw a bloke the other day who's a juggler and since he's had to be doing the hand, <laughs> hand sanitization every day, he just can't juggle anymore. I was going to say, as so long as you don't get addicted to the taste of it, that's when you know you've got a problem. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, not, definitely not drinking it. But, um, just the, the, the feeling and the smell of it is kind of a little bit soothing. I think it might be something to do with the, the, the fact that there is that still concern over germs and bacteria and whatever and uh, for um for australian futsal i'm heading back over to brisbane also to see family uh, at christmas and new yeah. year um but for for a, a coaching conference as well and there is still a concern with everything going on in the eastern states that yeah. if something goes wrong i'm gonna have to quarantine or even not be allowed back into wa so mm. There is still that spectre that is looming over us, unfortunately. Yeah, because how long have you been over here now? Uh, I've been over here five years. Yeah, um, so you still qualify as a Queenslander. So <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that? Yeah, well, I was extremely excited during the week when we won the State of Origin. Yeah, yeah. weren't we all? And there, there certainly will always be a part of me that calls Queensland home, but... Perth and WA certainly is home. Yeah. So, yeah. but but seriously, you know, you, you've got family over over in Queensland. You you go back there, and and the uncertain part is, as you said, a will I be allowed back into the state? And if I am allowed into the state, do I have to quarantine? And and both of those would have a manifest effect on your business. And you know, this is the the reality of of planning now under a covid regime we only need another outbreak like they had in south australia to happen in queensland and all of a sudden you're staring down the, the barrel of a, a disastrous situation for your business well and that's where because because we're not able to to get teams over to the national championships in in january we're actually going to to host a competition here in perth yeah where we're just going to invite anyone who wants to play obviously it is going to be higher level because a lot of the teams that enter will be elite level players. But anyone who, even teams who are not associated at the moment with West Coast Futsal can enter teams into this competition um, from the 2nd till the 5th of January. So but is that being I'm advertised I'm, at the moment? It, it, it is going to be starting to be advertised this week. We've only just finalised all of the details. Well, but my concern is that if I'm coming back from Queensland, there is an issue, then I'm going to be stuck at home while the tournament's happening. Yeah. yeah. With this tournament, will you have uh, the option for the uh, for the juniors? Because I see you've still got the um, the, the the girls' futsal uh, down at um, St Mary's. Is that uh, an option? Yeah. So we will. There'll be uh, 11, 13, and fifteen boys, and thirteen and fifteen girls. Sensational. In in that tournament as well. That's good news. So, how is the uh, the the the, the girls only futsal going is is that being well attended uh well actually no we so for for this summer season we moved oh. all of our girls to to Karen up yep. and also we moved our 16 girls competition over to Perth Modern 
Um, because we it so the girls that were playing in that competition at St Mary's, some of them sort of they aged out, so we had to move them up an age group. Oh, okay. Um, and and we haven't then well with the St Mary's competition, there was issues with the school and with uh, getting back into the competitions. So that will be restarting for next season. Um, but we sort of just put a put a line in the sand for this season for that one. Okay. Yep. So what? Yep. How, how does the Super League work then? Uh, so it, it's played in Perth Modern School at yep. Subiaco, and we've got uh, three men's and three women's divisions. Um, then we've got the youth, which is a, a mixed sex. It, it's not designated youth men or youth women. And then we've got 16 boys and six, well, 16 men and 16 women, which is the, the girls and boys competitions. Um Teams can enter, so senior teams can enter into the, the lowest division, the, the Super League of C, and get themselves promoted up the division. Um, and, and junior teams for the 16s, and then youth teams can enter um, as sort of applicable. Yep. Yep. So with with this um, elite competition that you're, you're putting in place of the interstate comp, um, are you looking for um, state league sides and NPL sides to get a team up or two teams up? Yeah, I'm I'm going to invite anybody who, who wants to enter teams. So the, the WNPL, the NPL men's team, the state league men's teams. I've already, already spoken to a couple of the clubs who I have contacts with um, and... But like I said, a lot of our elite futsal teams are going to enter, um, but it, it's then just going to be if we can get more players playing, it's something for people to sort of get rid of some of the hangovers from Christmas and New Year, I guess, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get get their legs moving, get rid of the cobwebs before they then go and start the outdoor season. Yeah. Hmm. But there are some benefits to an outdoor player playing futsal because, I mean, it does um, improve and, and help with your close ball control. Um, and it, you know the, the the long ball doesn't work, so you know there's a couple of clubs probably not better off not anything. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you talk, well, you, you talk about close ball control, the the awareness that that futsal really really encourages, um, and the movement that it encourages is, is what you you look at the elite level wingers, midfielders, and attacking players in outdoor football. The 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 movement and the awareness is very very similar. Um, it's a little bit different for outdoor football defenders with those things, but it encourages people to to always be alert and always be ready yep. for action because you may not touch the ball for five or six seconds. In outdoor football, it's more like you may not touch the ball for two or three minutes. Yep. Yeah. Or in Hugh's case, the whole game. But I was, <laughs> I was thinking there about myself. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Now. I guess it depends if you spend a lot of time on the bench. Or no, no, no. He's a referee, and even in his spare time, he's wearing a shirt that's got black and white stripes on it. He looks, uh, yeah, yeah. He, blue, blue. That's uh, the West Brom. Like black. It looks like oh, a. Yeah. I thought that was black. Yeah, there's no more black and white stripe referee shirts, is there? No, no. <laughs> well, when you're as old as Hugh, yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> But um, no, I think it's a, it's a great thing because I, I would I'd love to see um, you know Guadalupe, Croatia, Perth, Italia, Subiaco, um, Sorrento having teams in there because I think you know it, it'd be a, a good comparison to see uh, those elite elite futsal players. Um, you know they're, they're they're very good football players in their own right, and I think Johnny Perkins, who was the captain of ECU, was the Irish international futsal goalkeeper at one stage. Mm. So you know. 
it doesn't hurt to have, to have played futsal along the way and it does with those fine skills uh, certainly tones you up oh yeah most definitely well there's a a, a very famous recent story of uh, one of the the Wolverhampton Wolves players was a an England international futsal player and he was he was playing for I think it was a conference or a, a conference south team and uh, they had a friendly game against against the Wolves youth team or something and the club sort of gone oh we need to have a look at this kid um, and I think he's played in the championship and then the Premier League now for Wolves for the last two or three seasons at the age of I think he's only 21 or 22. Yeah. Um, mm. So the, the old school thinking process that football is bad for football players. I mean, yeah. it was always garbage, but now that the the programs and and the ways of of working with football are much further developed, it's, yeah. it's even less relevant than it might have been 30 years ago. And has the FFA taking a, a, a greater interest in in football made any difference to you at the moment, or um, is that still not really happening? No, the FFA aren't really taking a greater interest in football, so, uh, or, or or at least there hasn't been any uh, information or anything that's come out to that would suggest they are. Yeah. So, with most people who, who would recognise futsal uh, more with the, the the samba type of game, are you you're still having the uh, Gold Brazil uh, development uh, going on? Because I see that yeah, was so uh, we're, going we're, through the uh, Brazilian got, Football Association. Yeah, so we have. Uh, we've had Brazilian coaches who have come over here in the past, um, and we we ha- we run the the Gold Brazil Academy. Um, I think it's three academy sessions during the week uh, in Mount Lawley and at Nedlands, and then we also have one on Saturday mornings before our junior competitions in Karanup. Um And there is because of of us being in Perth, obviously there is a very big uh, influence from. Europe and also South America, we're very lucky mm. that we do have such a great diversity in the cultural influences in, in Perth. Um, and even just within the, the, the futsal club that I, I coach, we've got Russians and English and Brazilian and Spanish and Italian. And it's um, uh, a, a really good, I think, eye-opener for some players who haven't had that experience in other football. Um because so many people do love football. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Now, your, your other great love is the women's game, and like most of us, you've you've been um, watching the the lack of development and notices about the the glory side over the last few weeks. Um, they made a significant announcement yesterday. What's your take on that? Yeah, I well, I, I didn't know much about. Um, Alex, who is the new coach, and I've, I've read a couple of articles about him and, and spoken to a couple of people who know him, and all reports are he, he's excellent. Um, I think he is quite young from what from what I've read, but um, his ideas and the I guess the the methodology that he uses, again, from things that I've been told by people, are, are excellent. Um, and his his intent and his ideas are his own and he owns it and from again from what I've read he's done a very very good job mm. and is probably a very deserving candidate um, hopefully he can <laughs> start a fire under certain individuals and <laughs> and get the, uh, the, the squad together um, 
Yeah, look, I think the, uh, given that the, the late stages come into the season um, and the, the availability of players and having lost some quality players from last year's squad already, um, he's going to have to utilise the, the stocks that we have within the state. Um, that would be interesting because I think that would be a good thing for them, but it's how you develop those players and then when they go back into the WNPL next year, um, hopefully they become better players and improve mm. the, the playing stocks within WA because as much as he's the coach of the glory, he's really setting the bar for the rest of the state. Well, and that's he, and I know that he's coached in the New South Wales NPL and, and done quite well and I think that is always one of the biggest things with higher teams and it's the same with futsal when when we send players away to to representative teams and then Australian teams we want to encourage them to then bring stuff back to their club to the the representative state teams that they've learned that that will help and hopefully with with his influence and the the leftover players who have been a part of the squad previously um, being a, a positive influence on the new players that come in they will then be able to take things back to their clubs. But I guess losing someone like Tim Carroll and, and Morgan Aquino and yeah. Letitia McKenna, yeah. like yeah. that's that's an enormous hole in a a squad that that came I think eighth out of nine from last season. Yeah. Um so it it is gonna be big shoot big boots to fill for whoever does go in. But we do have a very good level of like the the top players in the WNPL here are excellent players, so there's no doubt they can play at that level. It's just about making sure that they do it as a group. Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for some of the younger players to step up, and as as much as Kim in particular will be a a, a big player to to lose, um, you know, some of the the WNPL games I've watched, there are players that are coming through that are, you know, able of of meeting that level, and you know, Kim is a a former Matilda, so you know we've got some people that are aspiring to be Matildas can step up and take their spot. Um, you know we've got in Miranda Tilman a very good goalkeeper. So although she's very young, she's again one of these ones who's very focused on on taking the next step. And you know whilst losing Morgan is is um, a bad thing in some ways, it's a great thing for somebody else who yeah. wants to, to take that spot. And, you know, that, that breeds a competition. Yeah. If you believe you can go up there and, and compete at that level, that's what you need to be doing. Yeah, well, and I think that is also one of the big big benefits that um, should come out of so many of the Matildas having gone to Europe is that there should hopefully be more opportunities Australia-wide for players who are doing well in the re- the the regional NPL competitions. Like yeah. I know as a, a Brisbane boy, the the Raw have signed four or five of the girls who who have played in the, the NPL in Brisbane. Um, I think one or two of them had a, a W League experience, but the other three are just straight out of the NPL. And I've sort of been a believer for a while that that should be a, a situation that happens every season. Yeah. The, w League, the W League clubs and the A League clubs should have to sign at least one, if not two or three, NPL players who haven't had experience in the A-League or the W-League, yeah. whether yeah. it's on a like one of the lower contracts, obviously, but we should be trying to encourage that development pathway because there was an article come out this week about the difference in levels between our Matildas and 
the next group of W and, and the lack of the lack of depth. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that only grows when you get players who are on their sixth or seventh A League club, and they only play three or four games in a season. If that, yeah. then why give them another two year contract? Send them back to the NPL, actually have them play some football, and get some of the ones who have been playing and doing well in the NPL. Encourage them to do well and encourage that pathway. Yep. Yeah, and I think you know when when some of these stars have gone over and, and as they should um, and play at the highest level they can, which is um, you know the women's uh, Premier League in in the UK. Um, it's a great opportunity for others to step up and replace them. And you know, we we need to have that production line going. We need to work out that we are um, a development league, not not the the finishing or or uh, career league and. Mm. That's an important thing, and we understand what where we sit within the world, um, and we do need to develop the next level of Matildas. Yeah, well, most definitely. Uh, I think that there are ways of treating the competition as like as a fully fledged competition, while still acknowledging that the focus is development. But I uh, like I think, as I said, the just that regeneration of of clubs and, and of the competition itself doesn't happen when players get recycled for a, a fifth or sixth time. Yep. Yep. Give yeah. younger players the opportunity because we don't have two professional divisions or three professional divisions. No, but the other where, thing is that the, the top level, you, you've already touched on the top level, is there's not enough games. I mean, the, the W League is the pinnacle of women's football in this country and, you know, it's, it's still treated very much like a second cousin and the, it doesn't get anywhere near the same kudos. It, the they should be playing more games. And I know that there's been some difficulties about bringing the team in from New Zealand, but really every A-League club should have a W-League club attached yep. um, and every A-League club should be developing players. And as much as rules is rules, um, Newcastle, uh, sorry, Wellington should have a women's team. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. well, and I think the, the idea about the, the development holistically of the club, like you... You talk about when it's a common problem with us with football in Australia is the money that's involved, and it's always going to be an issue with trying to get a second division going. But there are companies out there who will do things. It's just up to people like James Johnson and that to, to increase the exposure that we need to get our our, our players earning more money and playing more games. Yeah, look, and it's the professionalisation of the women's game, and that's something I'm going to talk to Alexander about when, when we get him on. But there, we've, we've spoken about this before, that there shouldn't be a reticence or a, a reluctance to professionalise the women's game, even at NPL level. Um, the NPL should, should really be an equal status to the men's NPL, and I know that they have done that with the, the players' awards at the end of the year, their equal status, which is a good thing. The, what they've done this year with the women's NPL and, and had the games um, pro, or podcast has been fantastic. And then, you know, when you've got people like Katerina Jukic who are able to uh, set up a, a global meltdown on the internet <laughs> with the Rabona, um, you know, it's that's what we need. That's that's the sort of stuff that's going to bring the, the, the interest in the game. Yeah, certainly. The, the live streaming of all of the, the women's NBL games was a, a terrific step by Football West. Yep. Um, and it, but like, uh, there was, I think I had a conversation with Penny a while ago about the number of views. Um, Neil Bennett was terrific with 
for Redbacks with getting the the increase in exposure. But I think I've spoken to him as well. I'm sure there was a, a match, possibly Redbacks against Melville or Frio, where I think the the game video was viewed eleven thousand times or something. <laughs> yeah, um, like it, it it was just ridiculous numbers, and and obviously some of those are people like Conrad and myself rewatching the game and take out highlights like that that yeah. may have happened yeah it may have bumped it up by five or ten views but yeah but, uh, but, but, but yeah. pete is our is our resident geek and i think most of those are are um unique registrations so it's not you logging in eleven thousand times that's eleven thousand <laughs> urls that are being no no are pinging for that so it it isn't just you it's, it's no, other well, people. I, I, yeah. I definitely didn't. I definitely didn't watch them eleven thousand times. But <laughs> no. like, so, like I said, maybe five or ten. Yeah, but the the thing is that those people that are watching those games and and people who don't normally get to to access those games watch them on on the the live broadcast and then that entices you out to watch because thinking, well, actually, it's not too bad on on this. I wonder what it's like at the ground, and then you mm. you get closer to it, and then before you know where you are, you, you're hooked. Yeah, exactly, and it does it does encourage that, but it also then should be a platform that we use to to encourage and to gain sponsors because you, you're talking about eleven, twelve thousand people watching specific videos. Yeah, that's something that that, that, that local companies, especially, but that, those metrics, from. those metrics are something that the the advertisers within those companies, the people that driving the advertising budgets are aware of and then when when you're talking about women's football most of those are, are women that are watching and you you can focus your marketing towards that it's just yeah it's a winner all round and the, and the more interest we develop in the game the more money will flow in yeah most definitely all right so you're happy with the the coach um the playing stocks for the the glory w league we've not got too many left. Obviously, we've still got Katarina and, and we've got Tash Rigby and a couple of others. Um, who do you think uh, young Alex should be oh, looking at? And congratulations as well to Tash Rigby. I saw an article this morning that she's been selected in a, uh, I think it's sort of a, a training squad for looking at the Matildas down the track. Yes, um, yes. yes she has. Mar- yes. Miranda Templeman's in there as well. Yep, that's right. Yep. We discussed that earlier. Yep. To Miranda too. Yep. Yep. Um, but, I like there's there's loads of very very good players in the NPL. We've got several at Redbacks. There were players from from Melville, from Frio, who are, I'm sure were were very close to the player at top of the player of the year votes. Um, even like the the, the the players who like Balcatta have got some excellent individual players players with W League experience too. Um, Curtin have got some very very good individual players like the the NTC as well. Um, Subiaco, I'm sure would would love to get a player or two being looked at. And I think that's something that my biggest advice to Alex would be to do what hasn't been done in quite a while mm. and go and look at the local leagues. Yeah, like I know, I know from before I moved over here, I've been told that the, the former Glory coaches would quite often go down and watch local games in the NPL. And I'm pretty sure that hasn't happened in four years that I've been coaching, um, not even once. So, which is a little bit disappointing. But moving forward, that would be a big thing for me is to make sure that local players are being looked at because 
every opportunity is something good for the go- for the game and the competition. Yeah, and I suppose look, if you look at it from this point of view, his, his opportunity to watch players at this stage of the year is is gone. Um, but he needs to be talking to people like yourself and and to Neil and a few others around the place and and, and people like Penny who who do have a, a good insight into the game uh, about who there is out there because I think it's going to be a largely local based team. Which when you look at what um, Garcia has done with Perth Glory, he's not. Not a bad thing. No, well, and it's because of COVID and the, the reduction in money that's available worldwide. I think any football club who isn't looking at ways to to keep things more local and to reduce costs are, are going to be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Um, so for for us, it's accentuated because of the lack of money in Australian football, and then also the fact that it is women's football for the glory. Um, but if you can get the best group of young and local players possible on the field. doesn't matter how they do. It, it's going to have a benefit long term. Oh, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, we're, we're all sitting off the same page. I think it's it's great that the glory have, have gone down this, this line. There was always this... Um, thing that there had to be a former glory player that did it. And, and you know, Bobby and Jamie have done, done very well with yeah. them. But um, I think Alex is a, is from a completely different mould. Yeah, and I think I completely agree that it is a very good move um, to sort of branch out and and have a fresh fresh set of eyes. Um, and I think it'll it'll also hopefully uh, do a little bit to improve the the diversity within in the NPL competition because players are going to be looking at getting to a, a, a club where they're going to give themselves the best opportunity yeah. to put themselves yeah. in, in front of the glory coach. Yeah, and, and not only that, though, that there needs there needs to be seeing that progression. We, t- we always talk about the production line and and how players progress, but if, if there really is a tangible, um, it doesn't matter who I'm playing for, if I'm up there in those top players, I know I'm going to get a chance or an invite to go and work out the yep. glory and see where that takes me. And I think, you know, that it has to be there. And just because they're not involved in the glory now doesn't mean they won't be in the future. Mm. No, and that's I've had quite a few of our of our young football players who have been involved also in the, the NTC programs have had opportunities to train with, with Glory in the past through Bobby and, and Jessine and... They've always loved those opportunities. It's been a, a big positive for them, and I don't think it should just be young players either. Someone like Tash Rigby, who now with the Matildas is getting an opportunity, I mean, there should be similar opportunities for players with the glory. Someone yeah. like Larissa Walsh went up and yeah. trained with them last season, um, and even though she, she got injured during the, the most recent NPL season, she's done very, very well in the local league for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, absolutely. No, I think, look, it, it's a good move. I think it's a positive move. We'd like to see some, some names been penned in for the uh, the contracts, but I think um, people like Tash were already contracted, but there'll be some others that um, yeah, we'll, we'll need to develop and, yeah, and bring some, in. Yeah, some announcements would certainly be very good. And, and, I, and, I, don't, and I don't think we're going to get too many overseas players because no. of the COVID restrictions. Mm. No, and that, that, that that's also something that we'll give more opportunity to the young and the local players. So, Absolutely. But again, it, it would, would be good to see them coming and being announced very, very soon. All right, mate. Now, as always, if anybody wants to get in touch with you about futsal, you're, you've got a very good 
um, presence on on all the internets and interwebs, and uh, obviously through <laughs> through ours. <laughs> Those new downfangled machines. Yeah, I know, yeah, but social media, you're very strong on. Yeah, the the interwebs and the social media stuff is all there on on both West Coast Football and and the Super League page. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, mate. Best of luck with those competitions. Um, thank you for being a uh, regular over the, the, the past season. Um, look forward to, to talking to you next year when we're back on air. So thank you very much, mate. No worries, gents. You have a good day. You too. See you, Greg. Yeah. Cheers. Bye. Greg Farrell, West Coast Futsal, uh, doing a great job out there and look interested in all parts of the game, even though he is a Queenslander and he didn't think that that was a penalty try at the end. But there you go. <laughs> I did. Uh, and uh, what uh, Greg was talking about, I did the old Google search. It was Max Kilman, who plays for Wolves. He, 25 times he's played for England at Futsal. He's playing at uh, Maidenhead United. Oh, yeah. uh, and they had uh, a game against the Wolves Reserves, and on transfer day 2018, they went, hey, that's a tasty-looking player, and yeah. uh, he's been with them ever since. Hasn't played futsal uh, for England since, but yeah. that's, uh, in his own words, saying it, he doesn't have time anymore and that he's a full-time professional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, so, we, at Story had Tom Roderick as well, who was a well, that's, former yeah, football player. Yeah. So. Mm. yeah. No, look, uh, I don't, I don't think he played he... 25 times for England, did he? No. no. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, when you look at it, Roderick, Close ball control was part of yeah, this yeah. thing, you know, yeah. and that's that's really what you get from futsal. And I think, you know, uh, they say it's no good for uh, footballs, but it is, and particularly in those, as you said, the midfielders and wingers and that, it's particularly beneficial. But even for a defender, because you've got to defend very quickly, yeah. but then once you've got the ball at your feet, you can't just hump it long. You've, you've got to put got it to somewhere. It smartly, yeah. yeah, you've got to put it somewhere yeah. useful, and you can't just... Lump it. No, that's and, right. Yeah, and I don't like that that type of defending. Mm. No, it's good to see that uh, the association that he was talking about with the Brazilian Football Association, the Brazilian coaches are coming out. Because, I mean, when I think futsal, you, you're thinking beach soccer and yeah. and that close control of the Jogo Benito. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think, you know, that, that it's, a, it's another form of enjoying the game. It's yeah. not just a difference to what you normally do in week in, week out. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it's great. I think we should be... We should be pushing those things and, and anything that keeps the game going, particularly in the close season, um, we should be pushing. All right, we're going to go to a break. We'll be back after that with um, Alex Epicus and his um, maiden interview. So yeah. looking forward to that. So we're back, up, back after these. Hi, I'm Miranda Templeman. The world is a little different to what we saw right now. We may be learning to play football with our mates online, keep in touch through FaceTime and watch classic matches on Share TV. One thing that won't change is being able to listen to the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. Your World Football team are in the studio every Saturday from 10am to 12pm. We appreciate your support. Stay safe, Australia. We're all in this together. Lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Auswest Fencing and Rotiron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Auswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials, and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialize in color bond, aluminium, steel, and timber gates. Check out our galleries at auswestfencing.com.au. That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T-Fencing.com.au Please don't fence me in 
Oh, right, that was very quick, wasn't it? That yeah, certainly it was. Just finished suddenly. Uh, <laughs> don't know what happened there. Um, all right, so over the, the past 24 hours, been a very significant announcement for the Perth Glory, and, and a lot of us that take an interest in the W League were wondering and pondering about what would happen. And uh, yesterday morning, they made the announcement that they've appointed a new coach, and young Alex Epicus is the coach, and he joins us now. Good morning, Alex. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm excited, mate. I think, um, you know, we, we've been looking for a coach for this side for some time since Bobby um, decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And uh, we've been throwing lots of names up and yours was one of them. And, uh, you know, when I made the announcement yesterday, I think there, there wasn't anyone that wasn't smiling at your appointment. Oh, look, that, that's really great to hear. And I think ultimately the club's given me a really fantastic opportunity that I'm grateful for. And yeah, I hope to hit the ground running and make sure that it's something we're all proud proud of and proud to be part of. So, from a an introductory sort of thing, yeah, your history you've been involved most likely with the Sydney University team, but you were also the Sydney United youth coach at one stage. Uh, yes, I've spent uh, the last four years at Sydney University. Uh, one year as an assistant coach, and then three years as a head coach in the NPL competition here in New South Wales. I've been very fortunate to, to work with some great staff and players, which has yeah, made the last four years uh, successful. Um, and then, yeah, prior to that, I was at Sydney FC, involved in the, uh, the academy program there with the boys, which was a, yeah, another great opportunity, which uh, started my coaching journey. And um, your playing history, you, you, or you've just always been a career coach? I'm definitely a better coach than I'm a player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no look, I, uh, I played uh, just NPL level uh, in Sydney growing up through, through my youth ages. But uh, ultimately, I, uh, I, I really found a, a passion for, for the sport as a coach. And yeah, it's something that consumes me ever since I made the decision to hang up the boots and, and get the whiteboard out. So, so what sort of a coach would you say you are? That's uh, a, a good question. Look, I, I hope to think I'm a decent coach. <laughs> um, I think I, uh, I'm a coach that wants to put the players first. I'm a coach that's more fixated on the idea of creating the right environment where players are able to develop, players are able to feel comfortable, and players are, are there to to put their absolute best in, in order to compete and win as much as we possibly can. Absolutely, I think it's, it's a very refreshing attitude that you know you've the players come first, and, and having a read through some of the stuff over the the last you know twenty four hours or so on you, it seems to be that you you're very much about empowering players to make their own decisions. You're you're not one of these demonstrative coaches on the sidelines who tells players when to hold the ball, when to pass it. You you stay back and remind them of the task that they've been given rather than. Yeah, you know, micromanaging from the sideline. Yeah, I mean, look, I think whatever you expect for players on match day, it has to be performed at training. Yeah. So yeah. If, if we're not doing it properly at training, then I can't really cross my fingers and hope that it's going to happen on the match. And that means I've just got to look at myself and my coaching staff and see well, what, what can we be doing better. But ultimately, you know, I'm competitive as well and I'll always be looking for the cutting edge and, and looking to get those players to the next level. But I think ultimately working with that young crop that I'm really excited to uh, to connect with and meet, I think we're gonna yeah, we're gonna place ourselves to be in an exciting op 
And I think the, the term I've seen used with you a lot is a details man. And I think when, when you look at modern coaching, I mean, the, the older style of coach was a former player who'd played at an elite level who then shouted and yelled at people because that's what used to happen to him. You've got a much, much more scientific approach to the way you do um, the coaching and you, you're very much involved in the sports sciences as well. Uh, yeah, look, I think you're, you're selling yourself short as a coach now uh, with all the technology and, and uh, information that's available if you don't tap into everything. I think you've really got to dig deep and yeah, use the sports science, use the, use the technology, use the player welfare systems, etc., to make sure you, you, you're ticking every box to, to hopefully set yourself up to perform better. But I think, you know, ultimately as well, coaching is about managing people and building good, good connections. And I think that still has to be the first and foremost part of it all. And looking at your, your appointment, um, obviously, as a coach, you, you've always been looking to improve and, you know, you've, you've spent a long time being an overnight success. But um, <laughs> yeah. why glory? You know, why hasn't someone else just grabbed you and, and put you in charge of their program much earlier? Uh, look, I think, um, I think in coaching there's a, there's a combination of, of reasons that go into any decision. I think ultimately... Uh, the club has made a, a really brave decision, I believe, in, in appointing someone who doesn't have that professional background. And I, as I said, I'm really grateful for that. And look, in, in terms of why it hasn't happened earlier, but I, as you said, I'm a process person, so I think that everything happens for a reason and it's given me more time to fine-tune myself and, and learn about myself as a coach to to be the best possible version. You know, So I, I, I probably couldn't give you the, the specific answer, but... I'm, I'm comfortable with how with how the how it's turned out. And, and have you found that the glory so far? You um, have you moved over to WA yet, or you're in the process of doing that? Yes, yeah, so I'll be heading over there Monday from Sydney, and then I've got a, I've got two weeks to to come up with with some game plan that's going <laughs> to work wonders, hopefully. Yeah, and. Obviously, you're the I think the last coach to be um, appointed in the W League, and most of the other teams seem to have a playing list that's pretty much complete. So, are you looking to focus on on local talent rather than bringing players from elsewhere? Yeah, I think that that's probably the most sensible way to to go about it. You know, the season starts December twenty seven. Once I get out of quarantine, you know, there's only a, a three to four week lead in. So I'm just excited to work. There's a lot of young, talented players there from a youth international point of view and some really good experienced players there. So I think the nucleus of what I want to work with is already there. Whatever we bring in as a club and we decide decide on, it's, it's going to be to complement that and to improve that. But ultimately, I'll definitely be looking inside before I go outside for, for players. Good thing too. Yeah. Um, can you... Uh Give us a, a bit of an insight to working with Heather Garriock when you were there at Canberra United. How, how much of an influence do you think she will have on your coaching career? Heather's a phenomenal person. Um, she gave me a, a really good opportunity three or four years ago to be her assistant. And I think she played a massive part in me getting involved within the women's game. Uh, she's, she's taught me things that uh, have definitely set me up well for, for working in high-performance environments. We complemented each other quite well because she carried the, the playing history, and I, I think, as you mentioned, I carried the details. <laughs> so it worked, worked really well for the two of us. And uh, Heather's been a great supporter of mine over the years and, and is a good friend. And 
uh, she was one of the first people that messaged me yesterday when uh, when it became announced. But yeah, Heather, Heather knows how important her role's been in my journey. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, the other thing is that we we all aspire to be like people, and you know, Ange Postacoglu has been one of your mentors and and someone that's guided the sort of coach you'd like to be and you've you've taken some of his real strengths like he's got a real strength of conviction about you know now that I've got this this is the right way to go and and he is prepared to do that I've noticed in your um in one of your bios you mentioned that you had people with Matildas and, and young Matildas who you said yeah okay you're playing for the national team but you're not doing what I need you to do and and it's, it's that kind of mindset that really intrigues me about you. Well, it goes back to the idea that coaching can be a lot of things, right? So everyone can have, have have an opinion, and that's what makes this game very interesting. I think ultimately what I am is a coach who's very clear on how I think things can, can play out on the field and how it can play out within an environment. And I'm open for compromise and flexibility. You have to be. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, if a national team coach says one thing, it's not to say that it's wrong. It just may be a different approach to, to how I need it to work within within my preferred system. Yep. But, you know, uh, again, you, you've got to have the conviction. You've got to be able to articulate why to the player because I think if you can't tell them why you want him to do something, then it probably means you don't know it well enough. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, look, I think uh, going back to Ange, I've never met him personally, but just seeing him from afar as I started my coaching journey out, he's been someone who I thought has um, transcended, you know, different, been successful in different environments at different levels and... Um, yeah, something that I would love to, to, to one day be like. Yeah, I think, you know, when you, you look through it, your career path has been with uh, juniors and women's. Do you think your um, skill set is is more amenable to that approach? I mean, that women and men are very, very different types of players and you have to have a different approach. Uh, look, I think coaching, you're coaching footballers, uh, whether it's men, women, juniors, adults, yeah, yeah, you might have to be flexible in your approach and in your delivery, but ultimately uh, I'm there to coach footballers and, and coach them as best as I can, and, and that doesn't change. That's probably the the heart of it. And, the, yeah, the external parts are just a couple of um, tweaks when you need to. Yep. But, no, I've got no... Yeah, I, I see everyone as a footballer, everyone as an athlete, and everyone as a person. Yeah, no, look, and I think that's a very important mindset. One of the things that... Um, I try and do, and I, I talk about people like Sam Kerr. Is it Sam Kerr the footballer, not Sam Kerr the female footballer? I think yeah. you know, the sooner we lose that, the better. Um, you've you've had a look at the the squad. You've got some some very good players there. Um, you know, we, we've mentioned Tash Rigby and uh, Katarina Jukic. Is there anybody else in the team that um, yeah you've identified as been a a potential Matilda or a, an aspiring player? Yeah, look, I think um, when you look deep into that squad, the, there's a lot of young young national players, uh, young Matildas, junior Matildas. One of the first names that always comes up when you talk about WA at the moment is, is Hannah Lowry. Yep. Yep. I haven't had the opportunity to work or, or meet with her just yet, but I have been following her from afar. And there's you know there's a few others. There's a young McKenna. There's a Templeman. There's, there's this great players there that I hope to have an impact on, not just from a Perth Glory point of view, but hopefully to help set them up to have the best career they can possibly have and maybe even even you know one day hopefully play for the national team. Yep. Mm. I think one of the things I've seen and uh, you know the reading I've done overnight is um, that your style of, of 
coaching is about empowering a player to be the decision maker themselves and and yeah. to be confident and and that speaks volumes about the way you do coach because far too many coaches are, are yelling and screaming yeah. from the sides um, and you just stand back and watch them and then if they're not playing the shape that you want or the system that you want that's where you you interject but it really is about them being able to make those decisions whilst they're on the park yep yeah, I, I think as a coach, you've got to be able to tweak things uh, as you go, especially on match day. You know, you're not going to stand back and if things aren't working, just just stay quiet. No, yeah. you've got to change it and you've got to be on the front foot. But how you communicate that, I think, is important. I think there's a difference between commentating as a coach and there's a difference between giving information that actually helps the player. And yeah. wherever possible, I, I try and give the information. Um, I, I'm not one of those coaches that's on the player for every action and, and driving them and guide and driving them crazy because at the end of the day huh. they physically can't listen to you for 90 minutes and play a game yep. and, and as I said it, it obviously means that at some stage during the week I haven't done my job giving them the information that they need for, for match day yeah yeah all right um look I don't want to be too hard on you but you know that's part of the job we've got to do but I think you'll find that when you're you know in Perth you Coming from Sydney, it's a, a big place, lots of football going on, and it's you know football centric here. Um, we only have the one gig, and we're we're very passionate about our team, and and you know the the although they're not as numerous, the the, the people that follow the the W League side are more passionate. Uh, yeah. I think you know. You, what you've said already will we'll have a lot of people you know, salivating that you're going to be there and in charge of, of the team and that uh, the hopes and ambitions of that team um, will be matched by, by you and, and your uh, ambitions. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a project which excites me and I'm really excited, as I said, to connect with the members, with the supporters and fans, etc. And hopefully with, with them uh, being behind us, we can we can put a show on, on, on the field that we're all happy and proud with and I think ultimately when, when you've got a young team you can expect that naivety and X factor that you know can sometimes just be that cutting edge to win games yep. and hopefully yep. we, we build from that and that, that's, the, that's the style of play we're going to go for. Brilliant. Alex, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations on the appointment. As I said, I think that everybody um, who has an interest in it was, was very much um, pleased by your appointment and we really look forward to you getting over here and and getting the work started yeah no thank you very much i appreciate the opportunity to come on and i look forward to uh, speaking with you again soon thanks mate enjoy see ya see ya bye alex epicus who is the new w league coach his first uh, media appointment and uh, I'm, I'm excited by what yeah, he says it says all the right things yeah, it's yeah. all great yeah. news that, that's and sensational yeah, look, absolutely. I, I think, you know, the, the glory of needed um, a coach of that quality. I, I just cannot believe that Sydney... Well, that's why I asked about the uh, the association you had with uh, with Gary. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's been in the system. How, how could he not be looked at until now? I mean, it, it's, it's surprising. We're, we're in for some glory days coming ahead, I can tell you <laughs> that. And that's no pun intended. It, this guy is going to be... A breath of fresh air, and we're going to see not only you know the development of younger players, but we're going to see the development of younger players in a winning mentality uh, and, and getting results on the field of play.
Yeah, absolutely. And as I said to Greg, I think that's going to spill into the women's NPL and make that competition oh, yeah. stronger yeah. because these guys, the peripheral players, yep. will come back and play in that and they've been exposed to this level. I think the, the coaches um, locally will want to see how this guy operates and you know all of that will rub off on people along yep. the way i think it's a, it's a really positive appointment it, it gives that impression that it's, it's going to be a community development um process that it's not just going to be perth glory w league it's going to be yeah all right we're closing in on the end of the show hugh and peter thank you very much for being in thank you for having um, me again we're, we're all no back in again next week because next week is the last show with pen for the season yep um, two door mic that day yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> um and uh, was that the is the the beer festival or something you always there is a there is a beer drinking um event boys could have a hobby i suppose that's yeah. right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right so we'll all We'll be able to listen to us all next week. Um, thank you for listening this week, um, and I'll see you or talk to you next week. So thank you for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.